Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris, I'll start you off with a zinger. Which coach, which coach's future, I should say, are you more concerned about at their respective school? Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M or Sam Pittman at Arkansas? Uh, Fisher, because if they're crazy enough to sign him to a $93 million contract, I think they're crazy enough to fire him. Um, because money's not real in college football. Like I keep saying, like, <laughs> they would be, they would have to pay him $76.8 million before january 1st if he makes it january 1st be 67 million dollars i still think AM's is a good team though I, I think with arkansas it's like you still have to look at sam Pittman stuff and think all right well they had a combined eight wins from 2017 to 2019 and they had nine alone in 2021 so like what are, what are the expectations like where's the ceiling supposed to be um because it's probably closer to the floor than a place like a&m so I think if you have normal and rational expectations, he should not be fired. But I, I mean, you know, that's normal and rational is never two words that, that describe fan bases or boosters in, in college football. On that note, Chris, let's go ahead and dive into it. And that game that took place in College Station, of course, of course, as always, Texas A&M was the the sexy pick to upset Alabama. And of course, Alabama goes in there and Jalen Milroe dices up the A&M defense, sets career highs and passing yards, amongst other things. Your thoughts on that game, the way it played out, and what impressed you the most about Jalen Milrow and that offensive performance? Well, I mean, I'll say just like I'm, I'm just in a mood today, so I'm, I'm just going to be as spicy as they come. Um, <laughs> my most impressive thing was the fact that against all odds, against every single bit of horseshit that came out of that SEC officiating crew and having 10 more penalties called in Alabama than, than in A&M, if you don't think that's a problem, because I hear it all the fucking time about Bama getting all the calls – if you don't think that's a problem, it's the third time in their last six road games they've been flagged ten more times or more than their opponent. Shocking that Bama gets all the calls, and those are the actual factual numbers I throw out there. You can tell that I'm over it, and I'm not mad still. It's like five days later, six days later, whatever it is. I thought it was really impressive what they were able to do. I think at one point, like, I mean, in the fourth quarter, they had 13 penalties and 13 rushing yards. Like, that, that offensive line continues to be a problem. Um, but Jalen Miller was fantastic, and – I never thought I would live to see a day where Jermaine Burton was somehow going to be the hero of a, ugh, a kid is the worst. But I mean, like, I, I think Jalen Miller, there's so much to like there, what he's able to do. Um, it was a, it was a really, really good old school Alabama type win, except for the fact that he had 320 something yards passing. Like he was, he was almost 70% of the air. He had, he had over 300 yards passing. Like you just said, he diced them up. He did it in the intermediate passing game more than anything. Um, and that defense was absolutely chaotic, especially in the second half. I think it's, I, it will be fun to watch Bama fans the rest of the year because even as, as like a self-proclaimed Bama fan, the worst fan base, like it is, it is hilarious to watch Bama fans 
and how uncomfortable they are with this. Like we're down seven at halftime. The sky is falling. This is the worst thing ever. Like it's hilarious to watch. Um, I, I, I thought it was a really good win though. Chris, the SEC West is just fascinating right now. You know, that takes me to LSU and Mizzou, which was another classic game, 49 to 39 LSU with that big second half comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, how concerned should LSU fans be about that defense? That, that, that to me is one of the most surprising things at this point is how bad they've been defensively. Like Jaden Daniels has to put a Superman cape on every week yeah. and win despite it. I mean, it's a good road win, but like when you look at it, it's like, I, I just continue to be amazed how bad they are defensively. Yeah. It's, it's shocking to be honest. It is, it is because there's so much talent, right? Like, like it's, it's, Bo ago, it's, it's Bo Pelini-esque, truly. It really is. And, like, you, you had a year ago, you had the best player on defense in all college football. And he's still on the team. He was only a freshman a year ago. And, and he's just been kind of like, eh, um, so far this year. So I think that, like, it's been odd to watch. It's been really odd to watch because the secondary, you hear that old DBU thing, it, it all that kind of stuff, and it's not even close to that. Um, the secondary has just been re- really, really bad. And so I think it's concerning. But here's the thing about LSU that people don't get is that, they have two losses, right? If they win out, there's still a very good chance they get to Atlanta. I, I think like the idea that there's so many teams that we're just crossing off as like they're not going to make the playoff, they're not going to make the playoff. When's the last time you saw an SEC team not make the BCS or, or national title game or CFP? I know it hasn't happened in the CFP. I mean, so like when was it? I, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely asking. 2005. Was it the Texas Southern Cal game? Mm-hmm. So 18 years ago. So like, wow. if you're telling me that LSU loses two games and and gets to Atlanta and beats Bama and then they start this like, because you got to think about how that that season's playing out too. If LSU wins the rest of the season, you're only building more momentum. Jaden Daniels is already squarely in the Heisman Trophy race, and that's only going to continue if he continues like this toward pace. So like. If that keeps happening, you get to the end of the season, and then you beat a Georgia team who is absolutely susceptible to a loss this season. I don't see you, – you just can't convince me on October 11th that the SEC would not get in with the two-loss team because we haven't seen it before, right? So I think that it, it, they, there's a lot on the table still for them. I would You would have to assume they can only improve on defense because it can't get much worse. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's move to Oxford, Chris, before we no. talk about Georgia. No, no, no Oxford. Okay, okay, no Oxford. Okay. Ole Miss gets the W. How, how much of a chance? I know Alabama's already disposed of them, and they've still got Georgia on the slate. So I mm-hmm. think that's probably the biggest thing going against them. But, you know, they, they, they get a nice win at home, 27-20 to against Arkansas. We've kind of already mentioned the Hogs and the struggles with Sam Pitt. I, I'm, I'm, admittedly, I'm worried about Arkansas. I don't know if I've got a soft spot for them because Arkansas reminds me so much of South Carolina and their fan base and their passion and kind of some of the struggles they've had also. But, um you know, Ole Miss, man, just kind of keeps on keeping on. I know they had that loss to to Bama, but you get the big win over LSU. And then, you know, Arkansas, the game wasn't flashy, but it was a good win nonetheless. I mean, what do you make of this Ole Miss team? How much of a chance do you give them to where it's like they're still squarely in it as well? Yeah. No, they are. And I think they're, they've kind of been a forgotten team, even if it's just with me. Because, um, like you said, they, they lost to Bama. But the resiliency factor of, of Ole Miss has been really impressive. You saw it against Tulane and then kind of pulling away late in that game with some – defensive stops you lose to Bama who we don't know what Bama is like Bama could be really good right like people don't want to admit that but like because it was such an ugly loss and they only had 10 points in that game which is that is a concern but I think that like you get up for the Bama game then you have to get back up for the LSU game right with your back against the wall in September and then you got to go play Arkansas the resiliency factor of it to me has been really impressive because I feel like we're starting to see Lane Kiffin evolve a little bit as a coach and be like hey, we're not just going to come out here firing on all cylinders every time. Like, sometimes you get the gut out of win, um, and that's what they were able to do. They've, they've done that two weeks in a row, and one of those teams is an impressive win because it's LSU. The other team is not because it's Arkansas. Um, I do think that this was a really, really good team still. And offensively, like, you know, we, we open talking about LSU, right? Like, if there's another team in the conference that is going to be able to get by with how good their offense is, let alone or despite their defense, it's all Miss. And so – Going on the road, going on the road to Georgia is going to be so interesting because I, I, I don't even know if it matters if if Ole Miss has more on the line for them or not. I, I think it almost helps them if they have another loss on that mm-hmm. on that record before going to Athens because then Lane can really get into his bag and play. We got nothing to lose. We can do whatever the fuck we want to do. Like like watch us go for eleven fourth downs, right? Like like and really put pressure on this Georgia team. I, I don't know if it matters if they lose another game or not to get there. I don't know what that game is going to look like because, like, Georgia's offense looked really good last week. Um, but Ole Miss is absolutely a team that can still run the table. All, all of their stuff is, is out of the way. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, definitely a team that can give you headaches, I would imagine, mm-hmm. looking way too far ahead. That'll be the case when they go to Athens. Speaking of Athens – Georgia, how impressed were you with the dogs, Chris? Because we've, you know, it's, it's, they've been kind of sleepwalking through the season. Mm-hmm. It sort of felt like, right, going down 14 to three to Carolina and some of the other games against lesser competition. And of course, you know, this is a Bama fan. Like when, when you're, when you're doing what Georgia's doing, you're not being judged against, are you the best team in the East right. of the SEC? You're being judged against, are you good enough to go back to back to back, right? That, that's yeah. what you're being judged against. Uh, I think Georgia reminded folks that they are still, the creme de la creme in the SEC, just blasting Kentucky. Uh, we'll start with Georgia first, and I want to get to the Mark Stoops stuff in Kentucky. But, I mean, how 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 thoroughly impressed were you with Georgia? And it's – they're winning with this passing game. And Carson Beck, mm-hmm. and he's literally on pace right now to set the single-season passing yards record. 
at Georgia. I mean, what what stood out to you most from just a complete performance? Well, I, first off, I don't know if that's like a crazy impressive stat to to break the season record at Georgia, but I mean, like I, I, Carson Beck has been really really good all season. He's been his performance has been way better than this team's performance all season long. I think it's twofold. I, I think like it's easy to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, they're back. They played six games. They played one complete game, and they played it against a Kentucky team who had the 124th strength of schedule in the country coming into that game. I like it just sets up so perfectly for a number of reasons because it's like now all the fans will be like, oh my God, they've been sleepwalking the whole time, like you just said. And they came in, they well, like, listen, you their schedule is wildly easy. I, I still think Georgia is going to become a victim at some point to that own strength of schedule being so weak and like going into a situation like like last year when they played Ohio State, they had been in games throughout the year where they got punched in the mouth a little bit, like Mizzou or something like that. I don't know if that's the case this year because they haven't played anybody worth a shit so far. And like they go on the road um, and, and play a very bad Auburn team and are in a, like a dogfight for 57 minutes against them. It's a really good win. Like you won by 38, right? You played a ranked opponent um, and you beat him by 38 points. I, 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 you can't take anything away from that. And I think now if you're Kirby, you can also look at this team and be like, Hey, like all the complacency. Cause like, that's where they're fighting is complacency. Like you've won back to back natties. You haven't lost in like, since like the Trump administration or something like it's a crazy, like it, they've gone on and on and on with like these incredible streaks. Right. At the same time, like it's hard to keep 18, 22 year old kids focused and, and up. And I say 18, 22 because Stetson's gone. So it's not 18 to 26. So it's hard to keep 18, 22 year olds focused going into like a full 12, 14 weeks of a season. And this is now something Kirby can put up like on, on his bulletin board and be like, hey, this is what it could look like. Like This is what it can look like if you guys want to be as dominant and, and reach your potential every single game. I don't know what it looks like this week because they're playing Vandy and they're going to just skull drag Vandy. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, was, I was impressed, but I also think it's one of those things where it's like, you still haven't really played anybody and we need to pump the brakes a little bit because it's still so early in the season – I, you know, I, I think they're a really good football team. I still don't know if they're the number one team in the country. Are we going to be asking that same question, Chris, all the way up until like the SEC championship? I mean, is there a chance that that happens where we're just what? we still like is is Georgia actually like? I mean, I, when are they going to get tested? I guess is my question. Like, I, I, I mean, and, and how much of that though has to do with they're just that much better than everybody else? Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I mean? Part of it is, but I mean, like. Yeah, don't I, don't I, we wish? Don't we wish we had that Georgia Oklahoma game? Don't I would we wish? We love had to that. see it, and that's not their fault. But I'm going to definitely hang it in there over their head for <laughs> for a while. Because like it's here's the thing fault. too is like Georgia. I've heard Georgia fans say it nonstop. It's like you know all these SEC fans complaining about you know how how weak their strength of schedule is, and part of that is because Georgia is so much better than everybody else. But like, man, is it like is it? Am I tired of seeing Georgia play? Like, look who's, who's left on the schedule. Who's left on the schedule? Tennessee and Ole Miss, right? Right. Mm, so you get one of those games at home, arguably the tougher one at home. Then you got to go to Tennessee. You don't have to play that game until the 13th week of the season. Don't sleep on Haynes King and Georgia Tech now. So, dude, S yeah, that's actually not that bad of a point. SDS posted some shit today, and, and I shouldn't even do this because it's my company, but they posted something today. It was like, have you seen the kick six? What about the pick six or the kick pick six? And I was like, what? And it was like a it was like a, a video or a clip of some like highlight where a ball went off a player's shoe against Ball State and and Georgia intercepted. I was like, no, no one has seen this because it was fucking Ball State who's who they were playing. Like no one's watching Georgia Ball State. I 
anyway, I'm sure I didn't even answer the question, but yeah, we're probably going to be questioning this for most of the rest of the year. So as we look ahead, Chris, to week seven, uh, we'll start with that Kentucky-Mizzou game, the primetime SEC Network game. But your thoughts on Mark Stoops' comments following the Georgia game on the NIL stuff and obviously very frustrated after the game. I would imagine it doesn't have any impact or effect on on this game, although it's kind of a, a peculiar position to be in as you're as a fan of that team to where it's like, okay, my coach just called out my fan base for not yeah. applying more of the bag – Granted, though, they got to put that aside because they got a huge game against Mizzou under the lights at Kroger Field. I think spreads like two and a half. First, your thoughts on the Stoops NIL comments. I mean, do you make anything of it? And then this game as a whole, I, I think this is going to be one of those games that goes a long way in determining who the second or at minimum third best team in the East is. Yeah, I think that I had zero issues with what he said. Zero issues with what he said. And this day and age of football, like in college football, what did he say that was wrong? Like, like, what, like, listen, here's the thing. People got some, Aaron Murray put out something about this. And I love Aaron to death, but he posted something about this the other day. It was like, I can't believe he called his team out like that. And he's, he's whining about how they, they, you know, they need to go buy players like Georgia did. Do you know how much more Georgia spends every year recruiting than any other team in the country? It's almost $1.3 million more. Like that is how they are getting the recruits and it's all legal. So no one's mad about that, but it's like, if you ask me a question, this is what I always get so upset when people get mad about saving stuff. It's like, you ask him a question, he answered the question, then you want to go run to your feelings about how like, oh, I didn't like what he said. He's just complaining about NIL. No, this is the day and age of football. And, and what Soup says is completely accurate. Now, where he's going to get in trouble with, in my opinion, this weekend is I don't think they're going to beat Mizzou. I think Mizzou's a better football team. I think they're more dynamic on offense and defense. Um, and I think that like the quarterback play has been really bad at Kentucky so far, not really bad, but not good at Kentucky and or consistent. I think that, hold on a second. Um, I think that like, when you look at the team itself, they're so one dimensional, right? Like they can run the football, but Leary, even against Georgia, man, Liam Cohen, like he was like dialing up some really good plays early and had some wide open guys like running free in that secondary and, and Leary was nowhere close to being accurate. It's like watching Joe Milton it's just like with a beard. And so I think that what when you talk about what they can do as a team, I think Missouri is a better football team than them, but something always happens against in this game of Mizzou. Where Stoops is going to be in trouble is if, if Mizzou beats them, now you're going to have a lazy fan base and a lazy narrative – not lazy fan base, but a lazy narrative come into play and say – well, he's complaining about this. He should have been focused on preparing against a, a team like, like Mizzou that they should beat. And like, and why, like, why should they beat them? Like, why should they beat them? You know what I mean? I think that's going to be the argument I think you're going to see from fans if he loses this game. So he better not lose this game. He's in a tough spot. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. 
It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And to your point, Chris, because you mentioned that Devin Leary's been whatever, and we talked about surprises in the SEC yeah. at sort of the halfway point. Devin Leary's been bad. Like, I, I've been shocked at how bad he's been. I, or just not good. He hasn't been good at all. So, I don't know. That that has been yeah. somewhat surprising to me. And like you mentioned, thank you know, thanks to a pretty soft opening to the schedule, they uh, you know, they haven't really had to pay for it. So, we'll see if that no. That's uh that's the case when Brady Cook and the boys come to town. Let's go to Columbia, man. South Carolina and Florida. This is another fascinating game. I think this is one that if you asked Gamecock fans over the offseason, they would have said this is a revenge game, going to be a blowout. Florida stinks. They're no good. And Florida, you know, Chris, I kind of feel like they were sort of the punching bag all offseason, and they were the team we were all kind of picking on, like yeah. they might finish seventh below Vandy. Like Graham Mertz is the worst quarterback in the world. And, like, I don't think they're all that terrible. They've got plenty of issues and flaws, but, I mean, they're just another one of these middle-of-the-pack SEC teams. And what's so fascinating, Chris, is when you get a game like this where, based off what I have seen, heard, what have you, it's a pair of fan bases that it feels like they are both expecting the worst. And it's like somebody has to win. You know what I mean? Like somebody's got to go out there and win. So Florida's been abysmal on the road. South Carolina's got the 330 kick, not the night game kick. You come off the bye week, you were, you know, somewhat, you were throttled by Tennessee the last time you were out. I mean, what do you make of this game? Because this is a huge game for both these head coaches, too. I know Billy Napier's not going anywhere, nor is Shane Beamer, but just for the overall morales of these fan bases, um, it's, it's a big one. It's a really, really big one for each of these respective schools. Yeah, I, I, I think that... I don't think you're wrong that it's a huge game for for both both coaches. I, I really don't. I don't think it's what's the best way I'm looking to say this. Like I don't think it's fair or logical. Like I think I think it's like the the Beamer stuff is that schedule was never going to be changed. And like in a like any not in a rude way to South Carolina because you know I love South Carolina and I live in in Lexington and all that stuff. But it's arrogant as shit for Carolina fans who have gone into a season and been like. Yeah, that that Florida game, that's a dub. That's a dub. And and the whole t- and the whole SEC did it. Tennessee did it with Florida. 
a bunch of these teams, did, and then they went out there and played the defending back-to-back Pac-12 champs and got beat by the defending back-to-back Pac-12 champs. I had a hard time saying that very fast. Um, despite having a backup quarterback, I don't care. Like, you went on the road and played a tough Utah team, and it, immediately everyone was just chomping at the bit, no pun intended, to be like, Florida's washed, Napier's gone, he's going to be fired. And then, you know, like, they, they are an underwhelming-as-shit team to watch. Like, the offense – is so boring. It's so boring. But Mertz has been better than people have given him credit for. And Napier has too. The defense has been really, really good. Um, you know, it's it's something that I, I think that like if you look at like a, the biggest concern for me every time Carolina takes the field, it is are they going to be able to get enough help with Spencer Rattler for him to be successful? And are they gonna be able to protect Spencer Rattler so he's upright for the entire game? Spencer Rattler and that offensive line, the offensive line has been pretty bad all year, right? But Florida is tied for last, surprisingly enough, with South Carolina in the conference in sacks this season. So you don't have something like that where it's going to necessarily, um, I don't know, like scare you with Florida. Um, I do think that there's a there's a lot of, there's a lot on the line from like a divisional standpoint and like the trajectory of where these two seasons can go. But I have a hard time buying into the whole thing. It's like, you know what? It's it is like it, it's a must-win game for either coach. And to your point, Chris, I, I'll just say this from the Gamecock perspective. I, you know, we we say how pivotal a game it is for each respective coach, but I was stunned the chatter around Shane Beamer after the Tennessee game. I, I just yeah. it it brought to light. It was a very sobering reminder, Chris, for me that. No coach is immune to the effects of losing. It doesn't matter mm. how great your culture is or all the goodwill you've built up or you had yeah. this win or that. Like, it matters. You're only as good as your last game. You're right. only as good as your last season. Like, some of the chatter. Like, I, I, I for a while, thought, okay, like, this fan base is going to be extremely patient because they love Beamer. They're going to give him X amount of years. Like, I'm, I'm starting to question that. Like, I, yeah. I'm starting to second-guess that, and that's just – that's not a position I thought I was going to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's a weird feeling. So to your point, um, the, the 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 loser of this game should not be on any sort of hot seat. But like you said at the beginning, fans that is not synonymous with rational takes and reaction. Yeah. So there you go. Um, to Rocky Top. Speaking of a pair of head coaches that need a win, Josh, you know Josh Heupel in this game. Uh, Tennessee hosting Texas A and M. Chris, if Texas A and M loses a third game. Before the middle of October, uh-huh. it could get ugly. <laughs> it could get ugly. I think this is going to be one of the most fun games of the weekend. I, yeah. I like the over the total. I think it's a lot of points. Would you agree, disagree, and just kind of thoughts? I mean, do you, do you have a lean? I mean, again, this is another one of those like two and a half, three point spreads yeah. that flip a coin, it could go either way. So the way to beat Tennessee, because regardless of all the flashy stuff we saw last year with Hooker and throw the ball deep and all the stuff with the Bolitnikoff and Jalen Hyatt and all that kind of things. Uh, all those kind of things. Joe Milton can throw the ball a thousand yards, right? He's Uncle Rico, but like at the same time, he's has I think he has the lowest amount of like yards to the line of scrimmage per pass. I don't know. SEC stat cat Greg Brooks threw it out there. He's a smarter person than me, knows what he's talking about. But it's like they throw a majority of their offense in the passing game is like screen passes, and the offense itself is actually predicated off the run. And it's surprising to say that. So like the way to stop Tennessee. Is is stopping the run with like light boxes, right? Like like you you need to be able to stop them with a with like like six in the box consistently throughout a game. And if there's a team in the SEC that can do that, right? You look at any teams that would be able to do it. I think it's Georgia, maybe Bama, but a, a solid number two on that is Texas A and M. Texas A and M is coming off a, t- a, a three game stretch where 
I mean, they've had 20 total sacks in their last three games. 20 total sacks in the last three games. That is outstanding work from that defensive line. Um, they had 30 tackles for loss, I think, total in the two games going into Alabama. I, I don't know how many they had against Bama, but it seemed like a million. So I have zero doubt in my mind that they're going to be able to match up well with them in, in like, the phone booth, right? I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be able to, like, keep it in the phone booth because I think that, like, you look at what Hypo wants to do on offense, it's never that, right? Um, but – what beat AM last week? Like, what beat AM in both games? Tyler Van Dyke from Miami had like a career day where he's just going off and throwing the ball deep, like 300 something yards. Jalen Milrow, career day. Like, it, it took two career days so far to beat, to beat AM. This is not a bad team. People love to talk about how, like, they, they've become like a punching bag, like UCF has, like Notre Dame in the postseason, for whatever reason, because it's AM. They've got a lot of money. And we all hate Jimbo Fisher with good reason. But that being said, Joe Milton is not even he, – he's definitely not Tyler Van Dyke. He's not even Jalen Milrow. He's not that accurate. He can throw it a mile, but, like, he can't do it accurately. You've seen that. I mean, he had – like, think about how, how bad that defense played for South Carolina, and he had one passing touchdown. Two like, picks, too. Two picks. Two, yeah, and, and, and he was at home. At home in, in a game that's circled over everything else. So, like, I think that even coming off the bye week, unless something has, like, drastically changed – I think that AM, I don't know how Jimbo's going to rally the troops or any of that kind of stuff, but I think Jimbo has been under some unfair criticism. And I, I listen, my co host is an FSU grad. I don't like Jimbo Fisher. I don't like Bobby Petrino. I think DJ Jerkin is a bag of shit. But like, I will also tell you that it, it is like the worst big three ever. It's like if the Celtics had three Kevin Garnett's. Like, it is, it is the worst grouping of offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, head coach in the, in the world. But that being said, like him being under under fire for the whole thing about like should they have gone for it on fourth and one, that is absurd to me because we saw it last year on the one yard line when he went for it and they lost the game on the one yard line. In this year's game when they had third and short on the first drive, didn't get it. Fourth and short, first drive, didn't get it. I mean, teams have lost doing that against Alabama. Look at Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, and we just wanted to drag Jimbo Fisher, who had a very good defense out there the entire day. I I just think I think this is a game that A and M does what they always do, which is undertake your gift, come back alive, ruin everyone's Saturday. And I, I, cause I still think they're a good team. Also fuck Tennessee. <laughs> there we go. There. That's what I was waiting on that. Yeah, I was going to say ruin everyone Saturday. I was like, eh, I, I think there's some people that would, that would enjoy watching the balls get beat down, yeah. uh, including those in Garnet and black probably um, LSU hosting Auburn. I, I feel like Chris, you know, you've got a really, really fun, rivalry when you have multiple games that have yeah. their own nicknames right like, like that yeah. that to me that to me says some weird things have happened in this series Auburn's an 11 point dog LSU at home at night though can Auburn not just cover do you think they can win this game I, I get this weird feeling that Auburn can go in there and make something crazy happen and it's 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 so interesting it's like deficiency on deficiency it's Auburn's horrific offense against LSU's terrible defense yeah. it's like something's got to give right yeah, I, I think that what has to give here is one, if you're if you're a if you're LSU, you get to kind of come back to the friendly confines of, of of your home stadium, right? Like you played, I mean, all of their big games so far have been away from home. Mm-hmm. Florida State was away from home, Mizzou was away from home. You had Ole Miss on the road, Mississippi State when when Jaden Daniels went off, he that was on the road. So now you get to kind of come home. I think that like that is going to be a raucous environment. Here's here's the other thing too is like. Six of the last seven games in this series have been by, decided by five or less points, which is, like, really, really good. Very, very close. I think it's a pretty evenly matched series all, all the way around. LSU has dominated Auburn at home. That last win when Bo Nix had his, like, 
you know, crazy, crazy, oh, I'm not going to call it a Heisman moment, but you know what I mean, where he's running all over the field. That was a 24-19 win against a pretty bad LSU team, and it's the first time they had beaten LSU in in Death Valley since, like, Y2K. I think it was, like, since the first time it's, like, 1999. So, like, I think also my groceries are about to get dropped off, so the dogs are going to go crazy. Sorry in advance. But I think that no one is going to stop this LSU offense besides themselves. Anybody that includes if they play Bama or Georgia or like, or like in Atlanta, whatever. Um, and they do play Bama, obviously, in Tuscaloosa. But like, I just Peyton Thorne sucks. Like, he's very, very bad. Like, he's a very bad quarterback. I think that if you're Auburn, what you're looking for is in the bye week, did we work on timing routes? Did we work on passing? Did we get work on getting more comfortable with the quarterback situation and their receivers? Because the issue is not like it's not even necessarily with how bad the quarterbacks have been or like the, the, the lack of like the offensive line, the offensive line hasn't been that bad. You have two really good running backs. They are just not on the same page anywhere close to being the same page as those receivers and tight ends. So hopefully that's improved for them. I, I just, I think they get boat raced. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, Chris, in the SEC Week 7 slate, Bama-Arkansas, any concerns? Well, that series has been kind of fun over the years, but, I mean, Bama's a 20-point favorite now in this game. I, I question, you know, Arkansas and the buy-in and keeping this thing together. Obviously, yeah. they, they've lost, four, what, four in a row, I think it is? Uh, I think and, so. And now you got to go to Tuscaloosa. Thoughts on this game? I mean, do you think it should be a pretty easy Saturday walk in the park for Bama, or do you, could you see this one uh, getting kind of interesting? I think it'll be interesting. I, I really do. I think if you, what is like the definition of a trap game, right? Like, like Bama's coming off a really big game in College Station where they had a, like a hard-fought win. Next week they get Tennessee at home, and you know that's been circled because of all the shit talk from last year and the way they stormed the field and, and you know took the the goalpost down to the river and all that kind of stuff. And in between is little old Arkansas, who you've beaten for sixteen straight years. You're a twenty-point favorite. You feel like you got it all figured out now because the off all you got to do is start get the run game going. Whatever. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Like, I don't think that Arkansas beats Bama because I haven't seen that since, like, before the iPod was in – or the uh, – what do you call it? The iPhone was invented or Twitter. Like, but at the same time, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be – especially in the first half or so because, like, KG Jefferson is still one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Rocket Sanders is a, is a good running back, and this defense has given up some big plays at times. Um, they've been really, really good over the past couple of weeks, and I think that they should win this game. But, man, an 11 a.m. start coming off a huge win in College Station with Tennessee coming in next week, like that is the absolute epitome of a trap game. So I think it's – like, I'm not going to bet on this because I'm an upstanding, morally sound person now, and I'm not going to wager any money on this game. But if I was, I would hammer Arkansas. Chris, final thing before I get you out of here. Take yeah. that you had over the summer or in the oh, preseason that – you look at now and is just say the most inaccurate, most wrong, like just the thing that has gone against the grain the most that you thought, like, I got this figured out that as we sit at the halfway point, that you were like, I just somehow I totally missed on this. 
or none because I've been right about everything. I usually am. Um, no, so, I mean, your, gam- I, I, your gambling been- picks are perfect. So you're 100 percent on gambling right now. Dude, I'm I'm at 72, which is pretty fucking good. So. Cash out, Marler, cash out. 33 and 10 over the last three weeks. Just throwing that wow. out there. Um, wow. Yeah. So I've, I've, yeah, Prize Picks is one of y'all's one of y'all's guys. If you want to make some money, follow Big Picks Energy every Friday and Saturday on my Twitter at Burn Funquist. But I will also say this: the one thing I've missed on more than anything, because I feel like I've been pretty good with with my picks, mm-hmm. but I really didn't think Jaden Daniels was going to be able to back like stack seasons like this. And not only has he been able to do that, he has been – I mean, Jaden Davis had 17 touchdown passes last year. That was it. 17 to 3 and 28 total and three interceptions. He has been tremendous this year. He's, he's in my opinion, the best player in the country right now. I don't know if he gets to New York. I don't know if he wins the Heisman or whatever. But, like, right now, he has been incredible to watch. And I owe that man a big apology because I was way off on that. Chris Marler, Saturday Down South, Saturday Football on Center. Chris, it's always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll do it again next week, my dude. Sounds good, brother. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.